iHeartRadio's getting you in the mood. Yeah, that mood. Binge Sex.Life, Season 2 now. Join sexologist Morgan Penn and Hayley Sproul for a 10-episode journey into the most intimate sides of New Zealand. Morgan's putting her body on the line to find out what's going on inside and outside of the bedroom in Aotearoa. Season 2 of Sex.Life is out now. All thanks to our friends at Wild Secrets. Use the promo code Sex.Life for a 20% discount at wildsecrets.co.nz. Hello, it's October 16 and this is On The Campaign. I'm Georgina Campbell and I'll be your host for this episode. Well, the campaign may be over, we are set to have a new Prime Minister, but it'll probably be a few weeks to find out just what shape our new government will take. Yesterday we saw incoming Prime Minister-designate Christopher Luxon host several senior national MPs, including Deputy Nicola Willis, Campaign Chair Chris Bishop and Paul Goldsmith, alongside his Chief of Staff Cameron Burrows and National Party President Sylvia Wood. In that three-hour meeting, the party started working on their strategy for the coming weeks as they prepare to enter government and start negotiations with their likely coalition partners. Over the last 48 hours, Luxon has spoken with both Act's David Seymour and New Zealand First's Winston Peters to discuss what the coalition could look like between them. Speaking to media today, Luxon said he will be negotiating with the two parties separately and that won't be played out in public. We're going to do that uh, confidentially. We're going to do that in private. We're not going to be negotiating that through the media, and you probably won't get a lot of comment from me about that. For more on how the next few weeks will go, I caught up earlier with New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor Thomas Coughlin and started by getting his thoughts on how the result played out. I suppose you can look at it two ways. You can look at who won and who lost. You know, the, the, the winner is kind of unclear at the moment. You know, it's clearly National Act and New Zealand First, but what kind of combination of those three parties is, is still emerging? Um, so I think... Uh, I think I, looking at what's happened in the past and the way that the nights, the, the votes fell on the night, it looks like National might want New Zealand first to give it a bit of a buffer. If its special votes mean that it lands with a, a majority of over 61 enough to, to, to govern. But even if, if National falls below um, a majority, uh, it will need New Zealand first. So I think um, the question there, I should say, is, is whether National wants New Zealand first um, as a buffer or needs New Zealand first. I think whichever way you look at it, uh, New Zealand first is going to be in the picture. Um, the losers on the night were clearly the Labour Party. That is quite a defeat uh, from government. In the MMP era, no major party has ever fallen out of government with a result quite like that. The worst result for a party, a major party that had been in government before last um, last this weekend's election was Jenny Shipley, who fell out of government with 30.5% of the vote. No one's ever managed to fall out of government uh, as a major party with a party vote in the 20s. So I think Labour needs to take a good hard look at itself and think about what it did that is so profoundly unpopular with voters that saw them desert the party quite like they did over the over the weekend. Can you explain why uh, National would be interested in having New Zealand first as a buffer um, going forward in, in a government that they form uh, just in terms of how slim uh, their majority is with ACT? Yes, so so to, to be in government, you need to be able to win confidence and supply votes in, in Parliament. 
Um, that means putting together a, a majority of of, of, um, of votes in the House. So uh, usually that's that's 61 MPs, 120 parliaments, so 60 votes is a draw, 61 is a victory. We're going to have a 121, maybe 122 seat parliament this time round. So it'll be you know whatever half of that is plus you know one more to to win every vote. So w- however the special votes go, which is the the votes that we're still counting at the moment, so we'll we'll know the results of those votes, the final count of votes on November three. However that goes. It does look like National Enact will only have a very slim majority, um, and that means that if you have an, you know, an MP blow up like Gaurav Sharma did, if you have people desert you, if something else happens, goodness knows what that could be. But but these things do happen during a parliamentary term. If, if any of those things happen, then it means you're you're stuffed, uh, and and you'll either be dependent on Winston Peters, uh, who wouldn't be in your government then, to help you govern, to get laws passed, to get budgets passed, um, or you'd have to go to the polls early. So, you know, if you had a 61-seat uh, majority and, and someone blew up, you, you know, you might find yourself at another election pretty soon, uh, which would which would not be good uh, for them. So I think um, I think that's what they're thinking about at the moment. Um, I think it's pretty likely that they'll, they will find some sort of arrangement with Winston Peters um, just to give the government some stability and, and to make sure that it can survive a few kind of midterm blow-ups, which which are inevitable. And and so do they have to wait for the special votes to all be counted before those talks or or kind of agreements can begin and, and, and be reached? No, they, they don't. It's all informal. In There's no sort of constitutional um, requirement on them to, to, to negotiate in any, any particular way. Last term, uh, Labour and the Greens basically came to an agreement before the, the final votes were, were counted. So, yeah, there's no there's no requirement on them to, to do that. Um, but obviously, they'll be waiting on special votes to see exactly, especially with things so finely balanced, to see exactly where everything lies. Thomas, do you think that once special votes have been counted, Christopher Luxon and his partners will come out and sort of be able to announce that their government and former government, or do you think they're going to want to wait for later that month, for November 25th, when the Port Waikato by-election is held, just to confirm where that extra seat is going? Uh, no, I don't think they'll wait until then. Everyone knows that the Port Waikato by-election is going to go Nationals' way, so it's sort of priced in, basically. And I don't think there's any there's any appetite to make the New Zealand public wait that long. I think that that would backfire on on all three parties if they held out for that. That really the big date is November three, and then after that, I'd expect the new government to head to government house to read their oaths uh, and and get sworn in. And then the new the new parliament to to meet in Wellington um, pretty soon after. Can you explain how the government works at the moment? There's a caretaker government, right? And and Christopher Luxon is obviously the prime minister elect. Yes, yeah, so the, the prime minister elect is a bit of an Americanism. We say incoming prime minister designate. So that means he's expected to become prime minister, but but isn't yet. And um, Chris Hipkins is the caretaker prime minister. And the caretaker cabinet is actually meeting this week, isn't it? Yes, the caretaker. Uh, I'm talking to you on Monday, and the caretaker cabinet is. It might even be meeting right now. So <laughs> okay. it's sorting, it's sorting things out. Um, it's it's working out what it will be caretaking, and it's um it's it, it's pr- preparing the transition to the new government. And um, you know, we do have like pretty tough elections in New Zealand. They they really um scrap it out, but. We also have quite a strong tradition of um, of caretaker governments being pretty cooperative um, with the incoming incoming uh, administration, and it sounds like that's going on at the moment. I, I saw um, Christopher Luxon this morning paying tribute to to how um, professional the um, the caretaker government had been. 
do the candidates who are sort of sitting on on very slim majorities from the preliminary results, um, you know, thinking of of Helen White, for example, do they sort of really have to wait for those special votes to be counted in order to kind of confirm whether or not they um, hold the seat? Uh, yes, yes. So Helen White, uh, majority of 106 votes in Mount Albert at the moment. So yes, people like her, um, they have to they have to 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 wait until um, special votes are counted. Um, to see whether they've actually um, they've actually held uh, or taken taken their seats at the moment. That, that all the MPs are coming down to Wellington for their um, for their uh, induction time. Um, so, if it, in the case of a tight result, um, it's often the case that, that MPs who are likely to be or possibly going to be inducted into Parliament come as well, um, just so that you you know you're on the safe side. And so, fast forward two months. What's your prediction of? where Parliament will be the week before Christmas, you know, the makeup, the leaders, what will be on the agenda, that kind of thing? Well, I think we'll have a government by then. I think uh, there is, I mean, Winston Peters can be um, a tough negotiator, but there is no mood for stringing this out. Um, you know, the country has clearly voted for change. It's not like 2017 where the results, you know, where, where he gets to decide whether the country voted for change or <laughs> whether it didn't. The country has clearly voted for change. He's acknowledged that. Um, and, and he sort of implicitly acknowledged that that national government is, um, is, is going to happen. Um, so I, I don't, uh, I don't see these negotiations going on for very long. Um, despite the fact that he has a reputation for stringing things out a bit. I think before Christmas, national has promised a mini budget that historically has come around the time of the half year economic and fiscal update from Treasury. So I'd, I'd expect, um, I'd expect those two things to come together. Uh, and last year that was, um, that was in the, in the teens of December, so 12th, 16th of December. I, I can't remember. The exact date, but it's sort of in that in that time. It's one of the last things that happens before Parliament um, Parliament rises for Christmas. And Christopher Luxon said he he's he's happy to see Parliament work right up to Christmas to to start implementing National's hundred day plan. I think they want to get other the RMA reforms gone by Christmas. Start repealing three waters too. Uh, so so I think they're they're going to want to hit the ground running. And and there is a lot there's a lot of that quite unpopular stuff that Labor was doing that National um, Act and, and New Zealand First actually do agree on getting rid of. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that sort of stuff um, uh, hit the bonfire before Christmas. And what about Labour? Do you think Chris Hipkins will be the leader of the opposition come Christmas? Um, hard to know. The Labour Party constitution requires uh, every leader within three months of a general election to have a confidence vote in caucus. They have to win that by 60% uh, um of MPs. So obviously Labour's got quite a small caucus at the moment. Um, most of them are former cabinet ministerial colleagues of, of Chris of, of Chris Hipkins, um, current ones, I guess, so the cabinet still exists. Um, so I think that, you know, they're all, uh, they're all quite close. They don't blame him for the result. Uh, it's pretty clear that, that, that this was always a likely occurrence and he, he did do the best he could. There's no sense that, uh, that there's no sort of anger, anger there. Um, but obviously, you can't really um, you can't really ask to continue on um, once you've led Labour to you know this is a this is an historic MMP defeat. I think um, I think you know you need to um, you need to rem- remember that, that that this defeat is 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 not just is not just you know a, a well fought um, and and close kind of loss uh, for Labour. It's a devastating devastating defeat and a massive rejection of of what they stood for in this last term. Mm. And I think um, I think you know Chris Atkins probably needs to to wear that, and um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he fell on his sword. But whether or not he does that by Christmas, um, hard to know. Uh, but this this um this confidence vote will be hanging over the Labour caucus, and 
and certainly hanging over Chris Hipkins because his first decision is whether to decide to put himself forward for that confidence vote or whether to resign ahead of it being held, uh, in which case it wouldn't be held and Labour would head to, straight to a leadership election. If he does decide that he wants to go, it might be cleaner for him to say, you know, I'm gone and, and let's um, let's crack on with the leadership election because, you know, Labour will need another leader before the next election and the sooner they crack on with um, fighting who that person is, the better. Thanks to Thomas for his analysis. As for what ACT and New Zealand First may want from a coalition, one lingering concern is if there will be a referendum on the Treaty of Waitangi under this next government. It is a top priority for ACT, but Luxon reiterated in media rounds this morning his belief such a referendum would be divisive. This has been the case in Australia, where the Voice to Parliament referendum failed on Saturday night, with roughly 60% of the public voting against it, despite a majority of Aboriginal Australians voting in favour for the move. Green Party co-leader James Shaw has suggested such a vote could incite violence as well. That's something Seymour rejected, pointing to Australia's referendum as an example. Controversial, yes, he said yes, but you'd expect that with a major constitutional question that is underpinned by race. And yet, was there any violence in Australia? Not that I'm aware of. As for New Zealand First, there's a great piece from my colleague David Fisher on how previous coalition discussions with Peters have gone. You can read that on NZ Herald Premium. As Thomas mentioned earlier, today has seen a number of MPs fly to Wellington, with many new MPs starting their induction processes. There's also been an influx of ex-MPs who lost their seats. One perk for those out of a job is that they get a free return flight to Wellington to pack up their offices and farewell their staff. Plus, in case you are worried about how they'll cope with being out of a job in a cost-of-living crisis, they also get three months' salary. That's been it for this episode of On The Campaign. You can follow this podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. For more reaction to election 2023, head to nzherald.co.nz. I'm Georgina Campbell and we'll be back on Wednesday with the latest on the state of the government post-election. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If she thinks, man, I've had a shit Mother's Day, it's not on me, okay? You're not my mum. That's the kids. The kids should have been best behaviour, and they chose not to, okay? Yeah. They chose to give you crappy presents. They chose to complain yeah. at the nice breakfast we made. I'm just there, I'm helping, yeah. but it's, sorry, mate. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.